Welcome to Section 247's The Goal Line Stand Presents Night Talk ARU Football Podcast. Coming to you live from the virtual Michael's Glass Company Studios, 215-338-3293, serving Philadelphia and the South Jersey area. This is a grading special post-season wrap-up. I'm Michael Lipinski, joined as always by Brett Halpern, and we're going to grade out the Rutgers Scarlet Knights after a season unlike any other. It was definitely unique. Uh, it was a roller coaster, even though there weren't fans and we never even got to attend the game, but it was still fun. And then in, in the end of the day, uh, you know, irrespective of the grades, uh, I think I can speak for both of us. Uh, we're both happy the direction of this program is going. Yeah, absolutely. That's the, I think that was the best thing about this is there was something to look forward to every Saturday and in one case, Friday night, every weekend with Rutgers football, when the big 10 announced that it was returning. And I enjoyed that this year because this year has been brutal. It's been awful. It's nice to have something to look forward to uh, a little, little return of a sense of pride. Look, I'm looking at the conference standings right now and I'm looking at the East division and in the gutter is Michigan state. Then Michigan, we're not talking Rutgers, so I, I, you know, that's nice. It's nice that we're discussing that. You know, three and six, they finished the season at three and six. Very well, could have been at least what five and four. Yeah, there could have been a couple more wins there. At least two, Michigan and Illinois. Yeah, I, I, I did not expect that, honestly. When if you would have told me in September when when the season was going to start in October, Rutgers has an opportunity to win five games, I would have said you're smoking something, man. 2020, well, what do you got going on? But look, here they are, and credit goes to Greg Schiano and that coaching staff for identifying players through the portal and changing immediately the the culture of the team. And credit to the players that stayed too. You know, the guys that stuck around from the previous regime for buying it. Yeah, and, and credit to the players. You know, uh, Coach Ciano mentioned numerous times that the greatest opponent this season was COVID. And at least after the initial outbreak over the summer, you know, we didn't hear mention of one uh, case of COVID. So to their credit, them, and that means that's a buy-in not only of the starters, but literally every kid in the program. Yeah, no, absolutely. There could have been one guy that said, screw this, I'm, I'm riding the bench, I'm going to go do my thing, and that didn't happen. Let's grade the program right now as a whole. So for the 2020 season, you got to give Rutgers a grade. Like we're like we're in high school, uh, A, B, C, D. We're going to give Fs. Remember when they switched to the E for, for like? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't but, know, because it came in alphabetical order, I guess. A, program as a whole. Get pluses or minuses, A through F, not minus E. So I'm going to give a B minus. Um, you would think, okay, three and six might warrant some kind of a C, but to me, the fact of you look statistically, you compare this team with the last several years, it's night and day. When you watch them, it literally is night and day. And also the fact that, we now are this team is on an upward trajectory for those reasons. I'm giving them a B minus. 
Fair enough. I'm going to give him a C plus, kind of, but for the same reason that you said. C is average, right? So C is right there. C C's get degrees, they say, which is stupid. Don't do that. You know, pay more attention. Become an idiot salesman. You don't want that. And uh, at that point, Rutgers was an F minus seventy five times. You know, going into this yeah. season, and I'm I was looking for Rutgers to be average. I, a C plus, they're just above average now, and I think there is that upward swing. Some of the losses, uh, they they sucked, right? Yeah. Not necessarily the Michigan one. That was a, an entertaining suck. That came off really awkward. <laughs> but hey, hey, it is what it is. You know, Already. Illinois was a game where Rutgers should have won that game. They should have had an extra win. And typical Greg Schiano loss, uh, as we talked about at the time. C plus is overall. But obviously, it's you put the little note in there from the teacher. You know, things are going well. Yeah, absolutely. Either way, it's like, to me, I think that's why I, I, I just, I bumped it up a little bit because from a progression after C plus, you get a B minus just the overall trajectory and just returning to having a, a team and coaches that you're proud of and not being, uh, you know, having stories about credit card frauds and, you know, meeting with teachers in the middle of the night or leaving uh, the team to go attend a concert the night before a game, just going, getting back to normalcy and getting back to a prideful program that we can get behind for all those reasons. Yeah. Absolutely. Greg Schiano, year one. Let's grade it out. I know there was a lot of concern when Greg Schiano came back after, after the, everything kind of wore off. It was like, okay, what are we going to get out of Greg Schiano? Are we going to get the same? You hear the stories. We're going to have some guests coming up in the offseason that played under Schiano version one, the guy that was overwhelming. And even Anthony Davis has said it. Like he, he didn't have fun at Rutgers yeah. because everything was so overwhelming. Was it going to be that guy or was it going to be the older, more mature, crazy to think about it, like a 50-year-old who has had time to settle back had a, a cup of coffee in the National Football League, saw how things were done at Ohio State, and, and a different view. And what I think we got that, but how would you grade out Shiano after one year? I'd give him a B plus. Uh, again, I know, yeah, they're three and six, but I mean, the to change to be able to change the perception of this team both locally and nationally, and and you know not only the way it's run, but the way the kids played uh, to me, that was an incredibly difficult job and something that he, he really did because uh, you see it is just a completely different vibe around the program. Now I'm, I'm not saying that we're just going to start landing five-star players or anything of that nature. It's still going to take time, but we are no longer the doormat. We are no longer a laughing stock. You have to pay it. You have to take us seriously. Uh, and that's because of Greg Schiano. You talk about, I kind of liken his return. I almost view, I mean, he's still intense. I mean, we saw those videos when they won. I mean, the way he's like chopping while he's dancing. I mean, the guy's intense. Uh, but I think he's taken like just a little bit off and he, he's brought in there a little bit more emotion and care and kindness. Uh, I kind of liken it to when Tom Coughlin lightened up a little bit and became 
instead of just like the general, he became the stern grandfather. And I'm not saying that Gratian is a grandfather, different ages, but it's to me, there's a parallel there. Yeah, I give Greg Schiano an A. And for what you just said, I, the return, the way his approach of things. And it's interesting, the, the stern grandfather is a good, I think, a good analogy because you don't want to upset your stern grandfather. You don't want to yeah. make, you don't want to upset him. You want to do right by him, where the general, that, that's your orders. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I really like the the way you can see how things have kind of just maybe been spread out amongst his guys. Yeah. And granted, he has the money to do it this time. Yeah. You know, so that's a huge factor. But you can definitely see where he's taken more of that CEO approach yeah. versus what he had before. And again, variables, right? He has the cash flow to do it. The things that he has done off the field is what per, is what kind of projects it to an A for me. Uh, some of the videos that he's done. More recently, he just did a video at the behest of the state of New Jersey to wear a mask. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm listening to it and I'm like, yeah, wear that mask, baby. Let's yeah. go. Let's run right through that wall too. But it's stuff like that where the videos to high school players at the beginning and end of the season as kids are going into the playoffs, we didn't have that for about yeah. 10 years. Yeah. And it just shows to me that, he gets it. He gets it. The, the Twitter stuff, this because there are the things, yeah, he's not doing it himself. He's not filming himself on National Signing Day, but he's pointing in that direction to say, I got, I understand what kids are looking at nowadays. Let's do it this way. And it's yeah. just really, really good. And it's nice to have that kind of yeah, forward thinking in, in the program again. And he's the guy in charge. So he gets the A from me. It's, it's well worth it. Absolutely. We're not going to break down individually offense and defense to go by position, p position coaches grades. We're going to do positions in a second, but uh, let's talk about it. Sean Gleason. What do you grade him at for the year? You go first. I got to give him B plus. I mean, to, you know, we didn't, we, <laughs> we didn't gain yards <laughs> the last few years in big 10 competition. To the point where now we, you know, we're putting up thirty points a game. So I mean, you know what? I just thought to me that's an A minus. It's 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 got to be. I mean, he literally look. There were times when I didn't love all the play calls, but he also was working somewhat under limited circumstances, and you could only you know call plays with the guys you got. And, and sometimes you're able to mask things and and come up with some interesting stuff. See, I'm going A minus. I'm going, I'm going B. Same thing you said. Here you go. Ready? Rutgers, 339.1 yards per game. 26.7 points. That's points. Not yeah. against, but four. Yeah. I, I mean, passing yards, a, a tad under 200. Rushing yards, 140 per game. There are just, like, that's normal. Thing. That's a normal stat. Maybe in the world of college football, not even all that great. But but when you go from negative one and yeah. less than 100 yards of total offense per game yeah. to nearly 30 points, 300 plus yards, you, you get a B. You get a B. The reason he gets a B for me, yes, we talked about the personnel and, and how things are changing. I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more 
from certain players from the coach. Isaiah Pacheco is the one that immediately comes to mind. Enough of the left and right, more of the north and south. And maybe that changes as we go into next year. But there were adjustments there where I'm like, ah, it could have changed certain games. Then again, it's hard to fault them when you look at the Purdue game, the Langan package, you just pound the rock for yeah. the whole second half. Rutgers had an offense. It's amazing. They, yeah. a, they scored good. points. Not was, from a it, kicker. It was nice to see. It was nice to see. Let, let's grade out Rob Smith's defense. Rob Smith with the asterisk, Greg Schiano. Where are you going here? I'm going to go I'm going to go B minus. Um I think probably I had greater expectations for the defense heading into it just with their personnel. Um, you know, I think there were a few games where they, they definitely seemed a little lost, particularly with the Illinois game, uh, dealing with the freshman running back who just ran all over them. Uh, but yeah, the flying around of the football, physical, uh, the, the, uh, Benchmarks of a Greg Schiano Rob Smith defense are you, you saw them. You literally saw them within the first five minutes of the Michigan State game, causing turnovers, things of that nature. So, you know, I guess I, I expected a little more, uh, but I think they got the most out of what they were dealing with. So I'm giving them a B minus. Yeah, I'm giving them a C plus. Same thing you said. Uh, I expected a little bit more. Specifically, I, I think the secondary. Now, I know there was a lot of injury factors that kind of played into that. But at the same time, even I guess the linebackers as well. We're going to grade the positions out in a second. But I, I expected more coming from those guys. Now, the defensive line and the way they were playing and flying to the football, you, know, you got freshman guys making impact plays, uh, the South Jersey connection making plays, the way that Mike Tverdoff, I mean, just – taking over that role, the, the tackles, that was entertaining. That was fun. I, I just wanted a, a little bit more. There was a little bit of – I wanted to see a, a running quarterback not run for 150 anymore. I, I, you know, I'm, t- I'm tired of Pat White. Yeah. But we Outside of a Justin Fields and Ohio State guys, I, I wanted to see that kind of corral this year. And, again, I know. He's, we got to get the guys in. we got to get the athleticism there. I was hoping for that, and obviously it's just something you can't scheme. You need the Jimmys and the Joes. C plus makes sense. Um, yeah, it's nothing. I, 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 there's nothing you said that I disagree with. So let's grade out the the individual specific unit groups, and we'll kind of discuss the players there as a whole. Let's talk quarterback. We just went over the statistics of Rutgers actually putting up yards, so. It's going to be weird when we grade this probably not as strongly as maybe we should. And I want to put an asterisk here. I don't know that Johnny Langan is in this group. He might have his own thing. I think you got to probably include him as a quarterback. All right, so let's grade the quarterbacks, Art Sitkowski, Noah Vedral, and Johnny Langan. Yeah, I'm I'm going to see. Uh, I, you know, there, there definitely was more production. Uh there were some turnovers with Noah Vedral. Uh, you know, we talked about, we literally saw it from the first pass. There's just a lack of arm strength, but they're definitely with him. You know, I can go back to that Michigan game. There's a headiness, a competitiveness, made, made a few huge plays. 
to get him into overtime and then also in overtime to make some plays. Uh, there's some athleticism. With Art, you know, I think there was improved decision-making, but still not completely there. Needs to learn how to use more touch. Johnny Langan is more of the single-wing kind of quarterback. Uh, even there, I think he has room to grow with respect to he doesn't always have to take on everything by himself. Use your running backs. Set up the plays a little bit better. Uh, so to me, for those reasons, I give the team a C, or the, the group a C. I would agree with you. I gave the quarterbacks a C as well. There needs to be a little bit more. And that you might be only, you're getting what you can get from these guys, right? You, all the overnight, Noah Vedral isn't going to get Art Sikowski's arm. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. But I agree with you. Vedral was a pleasant surprise from the, I think, the leadership end of things. And that Nebraska game might be a little bit different with him on the field. Yeah. If, after the whole nonsense with the with the ankle in in Maryland, so yeah, see, I, look, I, I like Art, and I I said it here, and I've said it elsewhere that Art Sikowski got the short, he got the short end of the stick when he yeah. was thrown in there as a freshman. I'm not saying I want Art Sikowski to leave, but I have a feeling Art Sikowski's time in Piscataway might be coming to an end, and here's a guy who maybe needs a fresh start somewhere else. It's okay. Yeah, absolutely. But I'll say, and just like you've alluded to, he's done everything uh, asked of him, and they're all, you can tell they actually are a very close unit, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. And a rumor is that uh, Evan Simon really came along in practice, and he, he may or may not have a little bit more of a bigger role yeah. coming up. So we don't know. We didn't see those guys play. It's yeah. going to be interesting to see what happens on, I, I was going to say, the waiver wire. Uh <laughs> It's essentially what it is. But. The transfer portal, there are rumors of former Wisconsin quarterback Jack Cohn. He's back in Long Island right now living – you know, he's at home. He's got to make a decision in the next, I don't know, 10, 10 days yeah. to, to register for school. So Rutgers is apparently in a nice position. That would be interesting. We'll get yeah. to that when we get to that, though. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's talk running backs. If you would have said to me, what's the – position of strength going into this season for Rutgers. I would uh, – the running back offensively. And, and for me, I, I got to give him like – I think I got to give him a C plus. And I don't know – this kind of goes back to what I said about the Gleason offense. I don't know that it's on the guys, but the way they're being utilized, where, yeah, there were flashes. Pacheco did not have a, a particularly great statistic year. Maybe the Lang and touches, you know, took away from that. But I expected more from these guys. Um, I I think this is gonna, I, I per, perhaps no other position group was more affected by another position group than the running backs, and we'll get to that when we get to the offensive line. I still think that this is a very talented group. I, I mean, you know, uh, next week when we get into the uh, recruiting class, where we may talk about some hits and misses or. You know, and I know that uh, most Rutgers fans know we missed out on our top running back target. Again, we'll get into that next week. But I, I honestly wasn't that upset with that because I, I really love our running back group. I'm going to give them a B minus because I think they did the most with what they could do. Uh, and I think Gleason called the offense he did, again, because of what he was dealing with up front. And that was the same thing regarding the running backs. You know, it, you can't – if there's no hole – you can't just, you know, unless you're Derrick Henry, 
You, you can't create a hole. So, yeah, but Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco did it in years past where you, you saw it. Uh, they, look, he, a, he had an 80-yard touchdown against Michigan because yeah. a few guys missed assignments and there was a, there was a, a huge hole that popped open. I'm not saying I, – I, it's weird because this group is so talented. Yeah. And I just don't think they were utilized to their the best of their abilities this year. But that, that's just my opinion. Let's talk wide yeah. receivers. Uh, wide receivers, Let's how, how do you grade those guys? I would give them a solid B. Uh, they were a very pleasant surprise. Bo Melton was a revelation. Uh, it, it's really great to see him uh, finally live up to the potential that everyone knew he had and the abilities he had. Um, also, it's great to see, you know, obviously, him being a legacy Um even uh, Shameen Jones really did a nice job. Aaron Cruikshank, I think that's a guy who Leeson could have used better and not simply, but that then also comes down to, you know, you saw it. Um, I, I think that was the limitations of Noah Vedral. I think he could be deadly going down the field more, but all in all, you know, I think there's some nice backups there. Isaiah Washington, Paul Woods, uh, Christian Dremel, we have some guys coming in. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, so I'm going to give them a B. Yeah, I'm going to give them a B as well. It it was they caught the football. Yeah, they they made plays. Bo Melton. We, wow, like this was again. It was an effective offense, and it was an effective offense because the wide receivers were making plays. I echo what you said. There were there were plays that were there that didn't occur because of the quarterback situation. This is a solid group, man. This is a solid group coming back. It's good to see Bo Melton coming back. He called it the Bo Melton Revenge Tour. I think that's because he listens to this the, the Goal Line Stand podcast and hears me talking about Aaron Rodgers' revenge tour. Perhaps uh, that would be a very smart move of his, and we would we appreciate his support. Uh, but yeah, really like this group. Um, good hands, good athleticism, made plays, tough, uh, you know, not guys who are going down on first contact. Just definitely a group you could root for, and I'm happy we have those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the reasons, like a guy like Aaron Crushank, didn't have as much effect in the passing game, uh, other than Vedral, was because the tight ends didn't really do what they needed to do this year to block for some of these guys, specifically on quick screens. Yeah. So if I'm grading the tight end group, I got to tell you, I'm going to grade them. Uh, probably a D. Very, very. I'm really disappointed in in what became of that group as a whole. Uh, maybe I don't even know if Jonathan Lewis saw the field, and that's a shame. Kids yeah. working back hard from injury, but you got Matt Alimo, you got Haskins, you got guys that were big time recruits. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. They just didn't. They didn't come through the way I was expecting. Yeah, I, I was going to say D plus, and the only reason I added the plus was. Haskins with the big uh, the touchdown catch in the overtime uh, against Michigan. But, yeah, they, I mean, they really – they were a pass-blocking liability and a pass-receiving – they were a blocking liability and a receiving liability. So, therefore, you're not going to get a passing grade, um, and they're getting a D. Yeah, really, just, just a disappointing group. I really, really did expect more. And I think for this offense to be as – as good as it can be, yeah. you need more from those guys. Because all yeah. they became was this extra lineman. And like you said, they couldn't even block well. 
you might as well have just put an extra tackle in there at that point. Yeah. Uh, let's talk offensive line. Smoke and mirrors here. Yeah. This is, uh, to me, th this group, um, I don't even know if I would say, though, that they underperformed in that they're really, if you listen to any B-writer and for those that just follow the program, you knew that this was probably the weakest group to begin with. So, you know, look, I I'd probably give them a D-plus because uh, to their credit, a game like Purdue, they really did take advantage and, and control the offensive line. But then there were other games. I even think back to the most recent game against Nebraska where they were just getting pushed around. Um, and I think they really were the biggest hindrance to the running backs in the running game. And because of that, Gleason couldn't go north-south for a lot of the running plays like he wanted to. Uh, so for that reason, I'm giving them a D. Yeah, I'm going to give them a C-. minus. There were times where it was like, okay, we're figuring this out. And then you saw what happened when you ended up even – I wouldn't even say Michigan, which I think is more of an indictment on Michigan than it is on Rutgers. But when you had when you got to Penn State, I factor out Ohio State because they're a machine. But when you yeah. got to Penn State, when you got to Nebraska, even there were times against like Maryland where it was like, whoa, like right off the ball, these guys are getting blown off. There was no, there was nothing. There was no push. It's got to get better. It's yeah. got to get better, and I know we're going to get to it next week where Rutgers is addressing it in the portal, but it needs to get better. Otherwise, it's going to be more of the same next year. Yep, absolutely. Let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. We'll start from, from top down. Defensive backs. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go first here. I, I said it when I talked about the defense. I was really excited for this group. And, yeah, I know injuries happen, but I, I expect it more. I, I expected – maybe it was expectations were wrong, but I expected the return of, like, the McCourties, you know, D, DBU kind of thing. Uh, yeah. i got to give this group – I'm going to give them a C, a solid C. They were average at best. They flashed at times, but there were plays to be made that weren't made. Uh, Christian Izian early on in the season, it was rough. Yeah. It was rough. Now, he came on at the end, but yeah. it, it, was, it was tough. No, I agree with you. Um, I'm torn between a C and a C. I, I'm going to be a little bit rosier. I guess I'll give him a C plus. But I, I agree with everything you said. Um, I think a lot of it did have to do with injuries, and they were just by the end they had no legs. Uh, Brendan White obviously got hurt, uh, so I think you saw that there was a a lack of of, of true depth at the safety position, uh, which also was due to the fact that Peyton Powell couldn't play. Is a transfer rule, which was ridiculous. So stupid in all, waiver. of all yeah. the years. Yeah. So stupid. Um, and, you know, I, I thought Trey Avery looked good. Uh, I, I kind of thought Avery Young might take a, more of a step forward, which he didn't necessarily do. Uh, I will say I, I'm definitely um, not in, I, I'm definitely pleased with how uh, Malachi or, or Max Melton looked uh Bo's younger brother so I I think and, and it looks like there's also a few other younger guys coming up that it'll be good so yeah I guess because I feel like there's an upward trajectory there I'm gonna go C plus yeah Max Milton actually did play fairly well at times uh, young was a little bit of a disappointment uh, yeah. I thought kind of what we saw a year ago 
uh, some stupid penalties, being out of position. I thought that might change a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it didn't necessarily happen. There, yeah. Well, you had Robert Longer being playing defensive back at some point. I don't even know what he is on the roster. Is he a? Why he made the switch during the season? So he's officially a d- defensive back for now. Yes. So that was the kind of the situation you had, and there's going to be opportunities for some of these kids that are coming in early to actually have some playing time. It's going to be interesting. Uh, let's talk linebacker. When we did our preview, you you and I both said everybody said strength of this team on def- on defense is their linebackers. Still yeah. agree that way. Still great it that way. Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. Um, I, I think. I'd probably give them a B. Uh, I'm going to give them a B. Uh, it, look, 03 turned out to be one of the best linebackers in the nation. The guy has played himself into being a mid-round pick. There's someone who, you know, last year probably wasn't even considered draftable. Uh, and I'm thrilled. I'm both very surprised, but thrilled he's coming back for another season. Uh, it looks like Tyshawn Fogg will be returning. Um, I, I thought, you know, he was playing well, then got hurt. Uh, you know, you had, you, you had a mix of linebackers. You had Deion Jennings, Tyreek Maddox-Williams. I think these are guys who are solid. Rashawn Battle, solid. Um, you know, so there's there's really, there, there's guys who can play, but 03 really is a special guy. He, you know, he's a, he's a Kasim Green kind of guy. Just makes plays all over the field. Um, you know, I, I think the reason I give them a B is because we talked about it in other episodes, the way that this defense is run, it's sort of a, um, you know, boom or bust kind of defense where they're slanting and, you know, guys trying to hit different gaps. And so when the play isn't made, you know, you're not getting like a three-yard gain. You're getting a – there's a giving up a 10-yard, 15-yard gain. So sometimes it just looks like there's really blown assignments – but then again, I, I really do like this linebacker. Yeah, I'm going to give him a B minus. It's hard to give him anything lower than that when you have uh, O3 doing what he's done as a top linebacker in the country. And they're to me, they're thumpers. And we talk about it. Teams that run straight at them, they're going to they, they can thump. But I do need to see a little bit more athleticism from that linebacker group. Now that's not every guy. That's where yeah. the coaching staff. Mix and matches, you know, in the newfangled football world, you got a guy that's like a hybrid safety slash linebacker that can come down and play a bunch of different roles. I want to see a little bit more of that moving forward. But yeah, they, look, there's a great foundation. If Tyshawn Fogg is going to be back, which it looks like he is, and obviously 03 is coming back, I, I'd go to war with that. That's okay. B minus. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, definitely bullish with that moving forward as well. Let's talk defensive line. I, I I almost feel like we should break this down into ends and tackles, but let's let's talk of it as a whole. Defensive line as a whole, how you grade it out? Uh, so it's interesting. We talked about how the linebackers were, you know, we considered the strongest unit. We were incredibly nervous about the defensive line, and I got to tell you, they they definitely exceeded any expectations I have, and I'm going to give them a B. Yeah, there were times where you know they were outmanned. But it, I'm going to start in the middle. You know, Julius Turner, to his credit, completely revamped his body, completely revamped his game, and became an absolute pest and pain in the ass for offenses as a nose tackle. 
playing that, uh, you know, sort of the cocked, uh, you know, slanted nose tackle uh, technique. Michael Dwumfor went healthy, was was really solid. He had Mayan Ahanatu, who I wish I had known that was Chidi's son to begin with. That would have just made it even better. Um, you know, I think he came on late, and even Ireland Burke towards the end came on late. Uh, he'd go out to the defensive end position. I, you know, Mike Tavertoff is just, he's a Rutgers guy. You know, obviously there he's a legacy, but he's he plays the game the way you you want. Um, you envision Rutgers guys pl- uh, playing. You know, then you had sort of a, a rotating uh, with the other guys. You had a uh, Lumore and then um, CJ Onyechi. But really, the guy who caught my eye was Muhammad Ture, uh, who I definitely think will be playing on Sundays. He d- he just has it. He has that athleticism and really can crack you once you get it. You know, within his area. So you know, we have more guys coming in. We have. Uh, in terms of grad transfers uh, or transfer portal guys and recruits, which we're going to get into next week. Very excited about this unit overall. Yeah, I grade him. I grade him with a. I grade him a B. I mean, I we were we were so scared to see what was going to happen here, and credit to the coaches for actually figuring out ways to make this work. Ireland Burke came on at the end of the year, which was good because here was a guy that had a lot of. I don't want to say he had a target on him, but coming down from Boston College, a lot of people were like, "Yeah, he's going to be the guy," and he wasn't. He wasn't there, right? You didn't hear his yeah. name for a while. Then ultimately, he obviously cracked the two deep and started playing a little bit more, which bodes well for the future. You, you know, you can tell when guys are—I don't want to say in the Shiano doghouse, but like, where are they? Why aren't they playing? Yeah, uh, you, you mentioned Muhammad Teray, and the, I call it the South Jersey connection on that one side. Him with Aaron Lewis from Williamstown. Yeah, I, I neglected to mention him, but yeah, he, he's played very well too. You know, West Jersey Football League, going to take care of business on that side of the ball. I, I was glad to see the return of that type of defense. That that blue collar is kind of maybe overused, but hard nose, we're going to just smack you in the mouth, and yeah. you're going to know that you were playing us type of defense. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think – it's nice that Shiano has, to a certain extent, embraced or at least recognized you do need a little bit more size to play in the Big Ten. But again, he made a, a kid like Julius Turner work for him. Uh, I mean, a, a six foot, 260 pound nose tackle in the Big Ten, and Julius Turner played more than admirably. So, um, yeah, it, it's just, it, it was a really good unit. Before we wrap this up, you got to talk about the specialists, right? You know, we got to grade them out. I can't believe it. I actually might grade out the punting unit as a B because they didn't have to work as hard this year. So they weren't yeah. doing their things. No, I mean, I'm kidding. We got the best punter in the league. Well, maybe the nation, maybe the continent, the world. You know, he's the intercontinental champion of punters. Um, well, look, I, I think because he didn't have to punt as much. Uh, you know, Corsak didn't have games where he was, he had he downed the ball six times, where they downed the ball six times within the 10. Um, so just because of that, he didn't have the opportunity to develop the same stats. But he, you know, he did com- compile a very nice uh, rushing game or, or game, excuse me, uh, with his fake punt game. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think was as advertised. We're yeah, joking he, here a little bit, but yeah, as advertised. I mean, 
I think there were times where maybe Shiano and company and Gleason could have used him as more of a weapon, not a surrender punt anymore, but yeah, yeah, we don't have to go for it here because we literally have this guy that can put the ball at the two. Yeah, exactly. But no, I would give the punting, I would give a, um, a B. The kicking game, I would give a, you know, I mean, all in all, it was good, except, you know, there was one more made kick. We we beat Michigan, so because of that, I got to give Valentino a C plus. Yeah, I give I give the place kicking game a C plus as well, and I would factor in the kickoff game as a C plus. But I think that's more of a factor of not wanting a return. There were some short kicks. Yeah, I almost want to give it like an incomplete because I still have no idea what the hell happened there. You know, you got a walk-on kicker. You have uh, Davidovich, who's playing real well. Yeah. Uh, that that whole thing is still mystifying to me, uh, what happened with the kicking game. Yeah, it's definitely a story we do not – I think there's a few stories there we do not know. Um, but then the nice thing is we get to – at least the kick return game was an A. Um, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, so home kick returns in A. You get the A. Well, I would actually say punt return, not necessarily, because Crookshank wasn't ne- wasn't always the punt returner. They didn't have really that many great punt returns. That is true. They put Young back there a couple times, and it didn't work out. Yeah, favorably. So I would grade. I would grade kick return a minus, punt return b minus c plus. Okay, fair enough. I could agree with you on that. As yeah. far as special teams overall, there's always a time. It, look, even the best of specialist units let one up from time to time. A lot of young kids played on the specialist side. I thought as a whole, special teams did really well this year. Yeah, I, you know, um, they, they didn't really, except for the, the missed kick, at least from a coverage perspective, they didn't really cost them a game. I was disappointed that we didn't really see any blocked kicks at least the way we used to. But then again, that was in the Big East, and this is the Big Ten, so it's a little different. Yeah, it is a little bit different. Uh, it was overall uh, glad that we're talking positively about Rutgers football yeah. after after what we've been through. The future is obviously very, very bright. We're going to get to that next week as we take a look at the early signing class of 2020. Uh, 2021, is it official? Yeah, yeah. So the 2021 fall signing guys plus some of the transfers that are coming in by route of i guess north broad so you take north broad all the way up to the boulevard straight up to the turnpike over up and in so we got the temple connection the brooklyn oh, connection. wouldn't you just take broad to the boulevard route to- one and just go why would you go to the turnpike wouldn't you just take route one all the way into new brunswick I guess you could just say 18. You could, you could do that. That would make a lot of sense. Or you take the turnpike to, okay. Anyway, next week we're talking about. Feel free to comment on the best way you think there is to drive from the temple campus to Rutgers. We are going to give you a picture, an aerial picture of a map. And you're going to tell us the best (laughs) way to get from temple to, to Rutgers, New Brunswick. Yes. On that note, we'll be back next week. We're going to be talking about what we got coming in. Maybe a quarterback. Who knows? Hopefully not one that uh, that wears uh, orange shoes. 
I'm Mike. That's Brett. Have a happy new year. Stay safe. Wear a mask. And uh, hey, go are you.